What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Leah M. Forney, back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. Listen, y'all, we are in the month of March. It is Women's History Month here at Hey Queen Thrive. And so listen, to close out the month of March, because we have had some bomb-ass, <laughs> dope-ass women entrepreneurs that have came through the Hey Queen Thrive this month, this season, like we had the incomparable branding queen herself miss jennifer pink came through who else we had we had my personal photographer my girl sheena hair that is killing the game in the branding photography we had my other girl graphic designer denisha mccomb that came through listen dynamic women bosses like i'm so honored to be connected to these dope ass dynamic ass women like for real for real and so i had to get someone that has already been a hey queen thrive matter of fact her and her husband was on the episode in season two of the show and so i had to call my sis up right i had to call her up i had to be like yo sis i need you to come back to hey queen thrive she is definitely one of another hey queen thrive regulars and i had to call her and ask her to come through and kick it with me one more time on season three and so it's my girl Catherine latoya grant austin of the austin kingdom listen we had an amazing conversation on how to level up your business finances. Listen, this queen has been in the financial industry for over a decade, okay? So she came with the fire. She came with her A-game. She came with those tips, those tricks, those gems. Listen, I don't want to give it all away. Y'all just going to have to tune in. Y'all just going to have to tune in. But listen, before y'all do, let me tell you something. Your girl just wrapped up. An incredible opportunity. I spoke at PodFest Global 2023. I did a whole uh, presentation on the power of community and how to build and grow your community around your podcast. Let me tell you something. It was incredible to be on the virtual stage. It was incredible to connect with over, I think we had over like 2,000 plus attendees. I mean, it was just amazing. It was an amazing experience. Shout out to the PodFest fam. Shout out to Chris and Andrew for creating and cultivating a space for podcasters like myself. Let me tell you something. PodFest is the place you want to be. It is literally the largest podcasters conference. And to be have given the opportunity to speak on their virtual stage, whoo! I'm still overwhelmed. Like it took me a couple of days to process once I was selected and it's been an amazing, incredible journey. Thank you for all of those new subscribers, those who have been starting to follow me after the show, after being a part of PodFest. Just thank you for the opportunity, man. Like it was an amazing, amazing experience. If you didn't get the chance to check me out, I'm sorry. I don't think we have replay access. I would have to find out if they do give us replay access. I'll definitely let y'all know. You probably have to pay for it. But PodFest 2023, PodFest 2023 in the bag. I'm I'm just grateful. I am grateful. So listen, definitely, definitely, definitely today, um, is the last day of PodFest Global. So definitely, if you haven't already gotten your tickets or you already have your tickets, definitely check it out. It runs all day. So definitely check it out, pop in and out, because it has been an amazing, incredible journey. So I just have to say that. So listen, stay tuned for in this episode. You definitely going to hear some gems. Take your note, get your notebooks together, your pen, your paper, your favorite drink. Tune in and you already know. I'll be back with what? Thriving Nuggets. Stay tuned. What's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? Listen, y'all are in for a treat. But let me just say, she ain't no stranger to Hey Queen Thrive because if you've been a part of the Hey Queen Thrive tribe since season one, she's probably been here season one. Then we had her husband and her in season two. So this ain't nobody new, but it's my sis. I got my girl, Catherine Latoya Grand Austin in the building. What's up, sis? Hey, hey, Hey Queen Thrive family. Listen, I'm so excited that you said yes to coming back. So look, you got to tell the people a little bit about you. Oh my goodness, about me. Okay, so I am Catherine Lasoya in Austin. I am the queen treasurer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Art Financial Solutions, DBA, Austin Kingdom. And that's our social brand. And 
Essentially, we've helped individuals and businesses elevate their finances using automation so that they can increase their cash flow and increase their wealth. That's the overarching. I am a two-time Amazon best-selling author. I am the co-host of an internationally streamed podcast, Kingdom Treasures. And I am the queen of the Austin kingdom. So I have a lovely king, a prince, and a princess. I'm also a corporate executive. I don't tell where too often, but just know I've been in this industry for a very long time. Listen, doing all the things, says you're doing all the things. So listen, you know, I ask this question to all my guests, and that is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? And, you know, every time I try to answer differently since, you know, I've been here, but I, my heart is always centered on a queen that thrives, understands her queendom. Mm. She understands how to walk in her queendom, how to be in her queendom, how to use her knowledge and her power at her discretion. She knows how to stay still. Um, And she does all of that to elevate and thrive. And so that's what it means to me. Uh, Queens are the most powerful pieces on the chessboard and literally in this life. Listen, I love it. Operate in your queendom, ladies. Like for real, for real. Stop settling. Stop Stop thinking that you don't deserve it like you are. That's the reason why you're a queen. I love it. So look, we got we to gotta kick off the conversation talking about your journey to discovering your God-given purpose. Talk to us. What was that like? OMG. So <laughs> my purpose is pushed by my gift. And mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that everybody understands there are two different things. Mm -hmm. so my purpose is to serve it is to serve it's to to use my gifts to elevate our community elevate our queens elevate our kingdoms but my gift is finance and Mm -hmm. so um understanding my gift and how to utilize it to propel my purpose it took a minute I'm not even gonna lie. You know how you try to run from something? Like you just like you know you have the thing, but you just try to do every other thing. Uh Uh-huh. Instead, yeah, you know, sis. Uh So so it it took a while and it and I learned some tough lessons in in the process. And so um I've always been into finance. I started working in retail banking when I was 16 years old, you know, Mm. um, then moved from there to corporate treasury which is corporate banking right yeah um, at, a, at a larger level more zeros and all that other good stuff but I always felt like I was to be career driven make the mm-hmm. money right set up the household and the kingdom to, to to flourish yeah but I was always being pulled to serve the community mm. And so I started with financial literacy. We started going in schools, right? We would literally do um, presentations of financial literacy into the schools. And then we transitioned and we still do literacy. We just do it a little different. But then Mm -hmm. we transitioned to individuals, kingdoms, couples together. Yeah, yeah. Contact, okay? Um, Couples and business, because Mm -hmm. that's a whole added level right but um ultimately just to be able to serve and even prior to all of that it it was the childhood so growing up when where I grew up and how I grew up in my family dynamics money was not like money was like oh if you have it but for me that dollar was so interesting and I and I talk about this but that same dollar I could see you know my my mother who unfortunately crack epidemic right and you know mm-hmm. she's still on her journey i could see her chasing that dollar and mm-hmm. on the flip side i have family members who were selling it was drug debt right and i yeah. could see that same dollar being so lucrative to them and i couldn't fathom how the same green piece of paper could yeah. be utilized and valued in different ways Mm. It, it intrigued me it intrigued me and you know that's really what started the journey prior to even getting 
uh, into retail banking when I was 16. Wow. Wow. It's, it's always interesting how our upbringing defines the Absolutely. path that we go on. Like the things that we see that we're like, Mm-mm, nope, not going down that path. <laughs> right? right. And then the things that we see that, in, that inspire us or spark something in us to be like, Hmm, I like this, but I wouldn't do it that way, but let me figure right. out a way to do it. So I, I love that. So you took all of that and got into entrepreneurship. So talk to us about that journey. Like what was the moment that you're like, yeah, I need to be an entrepreneur. So let me just start. It is not for the faint of heart. Um, This journey has been interesting. It has, it has so many twists and turns, but the thing that made me want to get into it was, you know how you know your worth Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just felt like I was sitting and being told how much I was worth with my salary. Mm. And I felt mm-hmm. like I was sitting being told, you know, how much my accomplishments were worth when it came to a raise. Wow. And I had all of this bundled knowledge and I didn't have anywhere to put it anywhere to, you get what I mean? Like, yeah. place it. Um, And then it just also was serving like, and this is why I say my purpose is to serve. It genuinely is because in all of that, analyzing that, trying to figure out, you know, like, cause we go through the process as Queens, especially we go through the process of trying to understand our worth and trying to just understand why we feel less than. Mm -hmm. And so in all of that, I also just felt like, there are so many people out there who have no idea, especially in my community, in the Black yeah. community, that have no idea about what to do and how to utilize money to their benefit and yeah. how to be financially savvy. And if we could just catch them in school, yes. catch them in college, plant that seed, yes. it will grow and foster and we can turn this narrative around. And so that was the thing with me going into entrepreneurship. It was really literacy. Mm. It was literacy. But then we have, you know, I'm, I'm building this career. I'm flourishing, even though I feel limited yeah. in so yeah. many ways, but I'm still flourishing and I'm gaining all these skills. I'm seeing how the corporations do it. I'm seeing how the corporations strategize and I'm seeing the tools and things that they utilize to increase their balance sheet as yeah. they would call it their profit and loss and I'm seeing all of this stuff and I'm like this this, this is just how the world just count they just have more zeros yeah these are the same things that need to be done in your household in your kingdom and in your small business medium business right like it's the same logic so yeah. that's honestly that's the whole span of why I went into entrepreneurship and some days I'm just like huh take it <laughs> go ahead and take it Listen, I I tell people all the time, if you are aspiring entrepreneur or even an entrepreneur and you don't throw it back at God, then I don't know if you're really an entrepreneur because most of us be like, sir, you can have this. All day. (laughs) Like, I'll I'll stay at my nine to five. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like... I know what this come with. I don't, I don't know what that come with. And so you're right. It's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. I, mm-hmm. I, and I will always say that is because it comes with a lot of personal development, which is something that when I started as an author six years ago, we wasn't talking personal development. Nobody was telling you, oh, you need to figure out your audience. You need to get your messaging together. You need to heal because them, them issues going to show up Girl, say that hill part about. Ooh, say that hill listen, again. Like, that nobody was talking that, right? People were telling you, oh, you got this product, sell it. You know, make that the money. Part. Now, people are like, wait a minute. Before you try to make a dime, I'm going to need you to overcome them abandonment issues, them rejection issues, the mommy, Your daddy money issues. traumas. <laughs> the mom, yeah. You want the money messages. Like, I'm going to need you to... Yes. um deal with all of that so I I love the journey that you have been on and so we got to talk about this passion you have for black wealth because you have a passion for helping specifically black people talk to us about that where did that come from OMG so let's just get some statistics okay so 
the Black community, the wealth in the U.S., so I'm going to talk about the U.S., right? So the wealth in the U.S., only 4% of Black Americans hold the wealth in the U.S. Wow. Wow. Mm. So out of 100%, only 4% of wealth belongs to Black people. There is a disparity in wealth with Black Americans. Mm -hmm. And we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. It's not because Black people are not smart enough to make money. Mm -hmm. It's not because Black people are not able to create wealth. It's about information. Mm -hmm. It's about making sure that people have the knowledge to increase wealth. Mm. So that's the first thing. There's other factors, right? Mm. Systematic factors, you know, just, you know, having a 400-year lag period. Like, there's other <laughs> factors. Like, right. you know, I could get into that. I don't want to get into that here. Right. But there's other factors. But literacy, literacy is one of the main factors. And it is so important because when we start talking about generations, we want to talk about generation wealth. We want to leave the next generation with wealth, not debt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a passion because I feel like first and foremost, we are Black queens. Mm -hmm. We have our Black kings. We have royal kingdoms. I genuinely feel like that. My yeah. husband and I, we address each other as king and queen, yeah. right? Because when you are royalty, you act as such. You Come do on. as such. Come and on. And so for us, it starts there, but then it's also changing the narrative. Yeah. We have to truly want to build wealth. And we know that it's a lack of information, right? Yeah. We don't talk about money in our community. The black no. the black community does not talk about. I don't want you. I don't need you to know what I make. I don't need you to know how much I'm spending. I don't. I don't trust you. Yeah. So we are so engaged in trying to get this information out because you can't do better if you don't know better. And all, and, and we really need people, especially our people, to know better so that the next generation can also know and that 4% can increase. Yeah, yeah. When you have wealth, there is certain things that you're able to do. You have access to certain things. You have access to better schools. You mm -hmm. have access to assets. You have yeah. access to be able to go out and have luxuries and also just make sure that you have what you need. Yeah. It's all tied together. It's all tied together. You have access to better neighborhoods. Yes. Like it 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 just makes sense. So why wouldn't you want to feed your mind with mm -hmm. this information? So it's just it's so important because again, going back to that statistic, 4%. There's no way that a community of people, Black Americans should only have 4% of wealth. Yeah, wow, wow, yeah. That, that statistic is alarming because I, mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Um, and, and especially in this day and age where knowledge is so readily accessible. It's not like, when our parents were growing up or our grandparents were growing up where they couldn't get access to knowledge at their fingertips. Like today, you can Google everything. Like YouTube University, like you, there's nothing right. you cannot not learn, right? right? And if you're not learning it, I think there's a difference between learning something and applying it. Cause mm -hmm. like I tell people all the time, stop being knowledge whores. Like we are 
the we are like so good at like taking knowledge. We go to everybody free masterclass webinar, every course, every everything, and we don't apply it. Right. So you just sitting on knowledge, and it's like, so what you gonna do with the knowledge? Like, are you gonna implement it? Are you mm-hmm. gonna do something with it? So, but it's crazy to think that we only uh, are accounted for four percent. Like that mm-hmm. is crazy. And, and, and the, the real issue is that, yes, there is so much information out here, right? It's mindset. We have mm. money trauma in our community. And we can know to do something, but we won't do it because yes. we have money trauma. And it shows up everywhere, like you said. So it's about not only getting the information, but being able to have the mindset to shift mm-hmm. and then apply. Yeah. And absolutely. then apply. And that's the issue. It's the, you know, you tell somebody you need to work on mindset, they look at you like you got five heads. Ain't nothing wrong with me. But it's <laughs> yeah. just like, uh, no, well, I'm not saying anything is wrong. I'm just saying we need to think a little differently, right? Yeah. And that is the piece that really keeps us at the 4%. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate. Absolutely. And I, I will say, mindset, your mindset will shift on each level. Because I was telling a client of mine, like the mindset it takes to to, a, to make your first thousand dollars is way different than the mindset it will take to make and sustain your first ten thousand dollars. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's a dip each level of wealth that you create and generate requires a different mindset. Like millionaires think on a whole other level than someone that just made their first $500. Right. And what they don't teach you, Google University and just life is life in, what they don't teach you is that the mindset shift comes with understanding that in order to make money, you have to invest in certain things. Come on. One of the main things that we don't do or we struggle to do when we have these money traumas is invest because we look at it as we're spending a certain amount of money and there's a potential that we can lose the money and not gain it back. Whereas when you look at that wealthy person, when you look at that millionaire, even the person that's making over six figures, the mindset that they know that they had to they had to shift to is that this investment is going to give me a return. Yes. How many ever times? Two times, yes. three times, 10 times, right? And that is by far when, when I'm working with people and I'm working with businesses and we're talking about wealth, that's the shift. It's mm-hmm. always the shift because you're looking at money going out and that's all you're thinking is money going out until you make that transition in your mind. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because I think even when it comes to like investing in yourself, right? Like getting, getting that coach that's going to help you you know, not avoid those mistakes. Right. Getting that person that's going to like, I told somebody the other day, we, we've been programmed to believe that free is where it is. But what we forget is that free does not stretch your faith. Right. Because if it did, we'd be all millionaires by now. Like, listen, <laughs> like, and you and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're going to value where you hmm. put your money. So my coach always says there is no transformation without a transaction. Come on. There's no transformation without a transaction, because. If something is given to you, as much as we want to believe, as much as we want to believe that the thing that is given to you, that you're going to value, you will value something more. I mean, like on a whole different level, if you worked for it, you had to put sweat and tears into getting that money to invest in that way, to put in that way. You're going to value it more. Matter of fact, you're going to be looking like, okay, I know I'm looking to get this, this, and this. You, you're going to have a whole strategy for what you should be getting out of that transaction. Yeah. When you get free, you're just like, okay, you know, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, who knows, right? right. But you're not looking and, and you're not invested in the same way as if you would have paid money. Absolutely. I I always say, think about it like when we were kids, you know, you get that that toy, right? You play with it for 30 days, maybe two months, and then you're bored. 
right? Because yeah. somebody gave you the toy. But it isn't until you go out and buy that very thing that you want. That's first cell phone. That first thing that you really were like, man, you right. I know when back in the days when we used to have the little sidekicks, you couldn't get me to give up my bag on sidekick. I I invested too damn hard, right, to get the sidekick. So when everybody else was upgrading, I was like, I'm I'm chilling no. until this sidekick break. Right, because it meant something. It was something of value, and you were looking for that return. Right. You were like, "I'm sorry, I'm, how much money did I have to kick out for this bad boy?" That part, like I, and I think that these are the conversations that I wish a lot more entrepreneurs would be honest about. Like I tell my clients, like my coach cost me seven thousand for the year. Huh. You times that monthly, I'd be really over here sad. like. Jesus, I don't really know how it's going to happen, Lord, but we're going to, and she ain't missed the payment yet because I'm like, I know that I need her in order for me to get where I want to go. So we got to break out of that mindset of needing free stuff. And we have to understand that there is not a entrepreneur, a celebrity, anybody that you admire that has not had to invest to get where they are today. Listen, I I tell everybody when you're looking at getting coaching, coaches need coaching. Like it's so I'm I'm a I'm a financial coach. I have a coach. Yeah. And the one thing that I tell, I and and this is honest, got truth. The one thing that I tell my queens is that I spent thirty five thousand dollars in one year for coaching, so that you didn't have to. Come on and help the people, sis. So that you don't have to. I went out and 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 invested and listen, so that you don't have to. You're gonna invest something, but you're not investing at that level right now because you need the basics. And I here's the thing: I love that there, you know, we about to go on a tangent, but I love that there are <laughs> so many programs that are great they are these masterminds that they're great right and they're 25 35,000 just for the program right I love that they exist because in my opinion they exist because your network is your net wealth come on but if you don't have the basics you you don't have your funnels in place you don't have your automation in place you don't have what I call sleep coin in place you're not ready for that. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing that people miss. And then people see all of all of that over there and they want to jump to that, right? But then don't want to invest in your 7,000 coach, like you said, your yeah. 10,000 coach, you know, like they don't want to invest their understanding that that's where the mindset work comes in. Come on. That's where Absolutely. the foundation comes in. Absolutely. Listen, my, my coach gives us, we have a mindset coach, money mindset coach every Monday, first Monday of the month. And that is what she helps us to understand is that you have to, if you're going to be successful in business, if you're going to generate that wealth, you got to shift. Like you, you got to shift and, and shifting your mindset is not just investing yourself. What are you reading? Like, I started reading more personal development books than I've ever read in my entire day on life. Like, give me a good ratchet book any day. But when I got serious about my business and success and what I am building, I was like, all right, I need to read uh, Grant Condone. I need uh-huh. to read As a Man Thinking. I need to read The the Secret. I need to, like, I had to like start with, oh, we should be, all should be millionaires. millionaires. Which, Ooh, child, what's which, that, but? Rachel Rogers steps on toes. So don't read it. Yeah. You're not ready. But I had to read those things and I had to get around people mm-hmm. that were reading those things and yeah. get around people where the conversation, and I think this is important in Black communities, where the conversation is about wealth. Right. Because we ain't having it with our cousins, Pookie and them and Nene and them. But we have to get in circles and communities where Black people are like, listen, you can be a millionaire. And, and you and let me even shift it let me even shift it i need people to stop thinking that millionaire means that you got a million in your bank account mm. you can be a millionaire and not have a million dollars in your bank account you have trust 
you have stocks and bonds, you have insurance, like Mm -hmm. you have a whole portfolio, that portfolio, you have real estate, that whole portfolio could be more than a million. And that means you're a millionaire. Like there's so many things about wealth that people misconstrue just because we don't talk about it. We sit and we're like, okay, I'm never going to be a millionaire because I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but that, I don't see that in my bank account that your, your whole mindset is setting you up not to because you're not understanding. And so one of the things that I did, and this is funny that you're talking about the people around you. Yeah. I truly believe your network is your net wealth. I I definitely believe that. So before I started any of the coaching and, you know, the seek to try to understand this whole entrepreneurial world, right? Yeah. I looked at my circle and I asked Mm. them all the question, do you think you're a millionaire? Mm. Come on. Most of them said no. And I had Mm. to challenge them. We all own homes. We all have good incomes. Yeah. Most of us are entrepreneurs. And I had to literally say, I need you to look at, look at this. And then they came back and they're like, yeah, yeah, it is over a million. It is. It is. And if you consider yourself a millionaire, then you act like a millionaire, you think like a millionaire, you govern your finances like a millionaire, which means you get rid of the scarcity mindset. Yes. Oh, okay. that's good. Listen, we got so I gotta ask you because as we're talking about black wealth and generating that black wealth, what would you say are five things that one must do to get their business ready to generate that kind of money? So the first thing that I and and none of this is gonna be money related, isn't that something? <laughs> Help the people. So let me just be real clear, right? Help you think I'm people. about to give you a magic potion? Uh-uh. But I will tell you this. The first thing you need to do, and I firmly believe this, is automate. Mm. The one thing that people don't talk to you about is the fact that you're one person. Yeah. You are one person. So in order to make a million in your business, generate a million, have net worth of a million, however you want to categorize your million, right? Whatever you're striving to, but that million. In order to do that, you cannot do that being one person doing all the things. Yes. It's about scaling, growing, and literally expanding. And the only way to do that is have automation. Mm-hmm. So if you're in there and you're keying and you're doing all of that, you, no, no. It's not going to happen because you have to have the systems and the infrastructure in place. That is the first thing. The second thing is you need to look at your numbers. You will be surprised how many people don't look at their numbers. One of the things that we do with our clients that is mandatory is we have to automate your finances. You have to be in a system because you can't tell me what you made and you can't tell me if you actually generated your six figures and you generated your seven figures. You won't be able to tell all of that out of a spreadsheet. That's too much work. Yeah. You won't be able to make decisions to shift, to determine if you have too much overhead, to determine, you know, what revenue you have and the cycle that the revenue is coming in. Like you can't see all of that in spreadsheets. You need automation. You need the automation of your numbers and you need to be reviewing the numbers and strategizing around the numbers. Yeah. The third thing is project planned. If you wake mm-hmm. up and you don't know what you're doing with your day, if you don't know what you're doing with your next quarter, it doesn't work like that. You have to project manage. It yeah. is so critical because the planning part, the strategy part, it doesn't like it's just not I'm going to wake up and do this thing today. Yeah. You have to be purposeful. Yes. And so when you're purposeful and you have those goals and you, and you're literally planning out what those activities look like, those money activities look Mm -hmm. like, right. 
then you're able to grow. You're able to expand. You're able to scale all of those things. But if you just waking up and you're like, yeah, you know what? Today I'm, I'm just going to go live just cause, and I don't know why you're missing it. Mm-hmm. You're missing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, number four in your business, increasing your wealth and your, you know, everything about your business, you need to use other people's money. Mm, Come on. If you are sitting here telling the world that you just want to be debt free, unfortunately, that is not going to allow you to get to, and here's the thing. You can get to the million, but you will get to the million faster using other people's money. Yeah. And there is this notion that all debt is bad debt. That's not the case. Yeah. That is not the case. If you are taking on debt with a purpose and you have a strategy and you know that that debt is going to actually increase your revenue, you're going to have a return on that debt, then that is what you should be doing so that you can keep your money in the business and utilize it for other things. Listen, I I tell people all the time, you need a certain level of debt. And I'm going to go from a financial perspective. There is a ratio that Mm -hmm. investors look at. So if you're out here talking about, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get any debt, you're actually harming yourself. Wow. You're actually harming yourself, harming your business of expansion because investors look at that. Yeah. Right. If if I can see as an investor that you can handle debt and that you have a healthy ratio, then I'm gonna say, you know what? I like your business idea. Your revenue looks good. I will invest in you. Mm. If you don't have anything, I'm going to take the first one. Why the first one? Yeah, you're a risk. Exactly. So four, use other people's money. It's okay. It's yeah. absolutely okay. Number five, I don't care where you are in the process. I don't care how much money you get. Continue to invest in yourself. Continue yes. to invest in yourself. You will never know it all. There are people who know more than you. There are people who have walked this journey before you. There are people who are willing to get paid to tell you their mistakes so you don't make them. Mm-hmm. Invest in yourself at every single level. And when you realize I need this thing, don't be stubborn. Mm-hmm. Don't have an ego. Go and get it. Mm-hmm. Go and get it. Those are the five things to generate wealth. Wow. So you you said so much and, and I got to touch on a few of them. First of all, I, I agree with you on investing in yourself. Um, I just hired a second coach because I was like, look, I know my messaging is janked up and she is the messaging queen. And so I had an opportunity to do a challenge with her. And she was like, look, I'm beta testing. I'm taking 25 people. I was like, ah, run that link. That part. <laughs> like I, Jesus, I don't know how, but uh, this one when her when her coaching packages cost thirty thousand dollars a year, I need to be where you are because okay. you clearly have figured something out that success um, leads right that you um can now charge thirty thousand dollars. So right. I need to be where you are. Um, so absolutely, and I, and and you'll know because each level you go up is going to require a different level of investing. Like my current coach, I already told her, I'm like, I'm already mentally and financially preparing for the 10K offer that comes after I didn't finish working with you at the 7K level. Because I know that that's where I need to go next. Right. And so I have to be like, all right, while I'm building, let me, what do, okay, you know your messaging ain't tight, Leah. Let's, let's tighten that up so that it flows. So I have to agree with you on that. And then, other people's find using other people's funding is key. Like I am realizing the importance of applying for grants uh-huh. and seeking out government contracts and because the money's there and it's I there. work in nonprofits. So I know how grant writing goes and all of that. Like that's a skill set. And that's something that just recently God has said to me, he was like, what is a new skill that you have to learn in order to take your business to another level? Uh-huh. Like, 
sometimes we think when we're trying to scale, we're like, oh, I need to put out more products. I need to no, sometimes it's I need to acquire a new skill, right? Because the more I learn, right. the more I can teach, which means the right. more I can earn, right? Because everybody don't know everything. That's one of the reasons why this whole week I'm in a global podcasting <laughs> conference because the more that I learn, the yeah. more that I can be like, all right, let me add that to what I'm currently doing. So now I can teach it right. and make money. And then absolutely on automation. Like, oh my goodness. I, I really life. wish that people taught that six years ago oh. instead of teaching the hustle and bustle of entrepreneurship. Because I think that's why you see so many entrepreneurs that are burnt out now. Yeah. And they're quitting now because they're tired. Whereas if people were teaching six years ago, put that email list on automation, put your Facebook community on automation, put your, you know, run that ad, put a hundred dollars behind that, run that bad boy. So people could get into your, your funnel on automation. Like right. if people were teaching that we would have less burnt out entrepreneurs. And the crazy thing is te- like, I am so techie, like I'm so techie. It's natural. It is yeah. natural. And I tell everyone, anyone who's, I'm like, you know, because the first thing people will say is, oh, I'm not good at technology. I don't need you to be good at technology. Yeah. I don't need, I just need you to know enough to know this is where you go and this is where you go. That's right. it, you know? And so that that's the thing. And that's why it's so embedded in what we do. It's automation and finances because- yeah the elevation requires the automation. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. 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 And, and I love that you mentioned tracking numbers because that is something, oh. again, nobody was teaching. Like <laughs> literally right. my coach, I promise you every month is Where's your num- so what's your numbers for the last 30 days. And I'm not even just talking revenue numbers. I'm like, <laughs> she's awesome. So how much of your podcast has grown your social media platforms will go did you get new yeah, followers KPIs. Yeah, absolutely. like all of yes. that yes and six years ago I was trying. somebody would ask me like, how many books you sold oh yeah I wasn't paying attention to that right it but is now, so important let me pull up yes. my spreadsheet real quick oh uh, mm-hmm. the last book sold you know what I mean because you need to know these things you, you need do. to know and the, the one thing I'm learning about generating wealth and I think is also a mindset shift is that we got to stop being hung up on the fact that it needs to come one way. That, like, oh no. It, uh, to, it can come so many seven different ways. Different, seven streams of income yeah. is the average millionaire. Yeah. Seven and streams of income. Absolutely. And I think that people think even in your business, as you blend, like I've had to shift from that because I'll get hung up on, oh, I need to get more people in my course. No, I just need to get people enrolled in my program. Whether you take the course, whether you get coached by me, whether you like, I just need people in my program. And I've had to make that shift because you can get caught up in, let me keep pushing this thing. But if that's not the thing that's going to get people to pay today, why do you keep pushing this thing? Like, what are the people really wanting Right. And then let and let them pay for that. And so I've had to shift from that because you do, you get caught up in, well, I they keep saying I need a course. Who first of all, who's they? I don't know who that you need to let them go. <laughs> but you build the thing, and this is the best advice that I can give people about wealth building. Build what your people want, not what you think they want. That part. Ask questions. It's real simple. <laughs> Ask the people what they want. They will that- tell you what they want. I am the queen of market research. And I tell people that all the time. Like I will, and I tell people market research is not just asking your people, but searching your industry's market. Uh Is there even a need for it? Because people be, and I was guilty of it. I call it the creativity trap. I would be out here creating all types of stuff. Don't have no clue if it's needed in the marketplace. Don't have no clue. Nobody want to buy this bad boy. Nothing. Just creating, right? Because when you're a creative, that's what you do. Mm. But that's not that's not how this works. You really want to take time researching. Like, that's how I can say I created an effective brand because <laughs> I researched what was in the podcasting industry before I got in the podcasting industry. And, and and the flip side of that, though, because you have the creatives and then you have the analytical individuals mm, yeah. don't have data paralysis. 
to right. be researching and not moving, right? You right. get the information and you take action. Don't keep researching it and then researching it and then researching it and then researching it. Oh, let me, let me ask the question this way. Don't get paralysis. So there is a fine balance yeah. And you need both, right? But you have people who do stay stuck on either end of the spectrum. And it's insane. Because when is. you look back, you're like, but why? Yeah. But why, right? Yeah. And the only person that you can blame is yourself. Again, mindset. Yes. So I, I got to ask you, what do you feel like are the three things that we really got to stop doing that is not helping us generate wealth? Um, so actually, and we, we, we talked about this in the new release, um, we talked about the embarrassment, mm. right? So in, in the new release, we talked, my, my King and I talk about how we filed bankruptcy. Wow. So I just told you how at the age of 16, I was into the banking scene. Like I'm telling you, credit score was on fleek as yeah. a teenager. Like I, I, I literally yeah had everything as perfect from a financial picture as yeah. can be the issue is life happens mm-hmm. life happens and there are certain situations and certain things that you actually don't control in the manner and you think that you control right mm-hmm. and so I talk about for me how life happens and how it impacted us and how one day we was just like you know what we, we just can't yeah. and number one was the embarrassment that came with it the embarrassment the feeling that we would never ever be able to do something right yeah and here's the thing when you start putting that in the atmosphere mm-hmm. that's what you that's what you're gonna get mm-hmm. right absolutely so we have to get rid of the embarrassment, the embarrassment of decisions, the embarrassment of things, the embarrassment of things that happened to us, things yeah. that happened for us, things that we did to ourselves. We have to grant ourselves grace. We yes. have to get rid of the embarrassment. It is so crucial to moving forward to build wealth. Literally, yes. don't worry about what you did in college. We don't care anymore, actually, to be honest with you. We really don't because we all have made mistakes. Yes. So don't beat yourself up and stay stagnant because you're embarrassed and, and, and too scared to move, move forward. So that is the first myth. The second thing, the second myth, what do we got to get rid of? Not myth, excuse me. The second thing that we got to get rid of and, and this is important, is to stop thinking that we can't. How many mm. people have you have you heard say, uh, you know, I'm going to never be a millionaire like that. Yeah. I'm going to see a million. Ooh. We hit rock bottom and baby, we have trust fund babies. Right. All in eight years. Right. So there is, when I tell you, you can lose it all and get it all. And right. money comes, money goes. Yes. Money comes, money goes. Yes. Right. So you absolutely can do it. And I tell I tell people this all the time. We all have excuses of why we can't do something, right? Okay. So I had a, a life of let's just say not the best cards dealt, right? Mm-hmm. I went from that to governing billions of dollars. They weren't mine, but still. You would have never thought that a girl from the hood with the life that I had right. would be able to do that. Right. Then to be able to hit rock bottom and then come back and have trust fund babies. The next generation is set up in yeah. a whole different way. You get yeah. what I mean? I believed I could do it. I love it. Mm. So you have to get rid of the limiting beliefs. Because yes. it 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 is going to actually come to fruition because you believe it. Yeah. Change change that mindset. Mm-hmm. The third thing is challenge what people say to you. Mm. Everybody who's giving you advice is not giving you advice that you can utilize. Yeah. And it is hard because 
people give you advice based off of their experiences. And I really mm-hmm. feel, especially in the Black community, you get what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. there is a lot that is passed down that's quote unquote tradition, but it's yeah. really trauma. Yeah. Come and on. And you have to get rid of all of that, that, that noise. And you have to really be clear about what advice is provided to you and what advice is not for you. Yes. Right. And so you just gotta, you know, you gotta be careful where you take your advice from and get rid of all of the noise, get rid of all Mm. of the noise. When you are on a wealth journey in the black community, I'm going to be honest, when you're on a wealth journey in the black community, you're going to be criticized because you're going to start doing some things from a wealth mindset that people don't understand. Yep. That people don't understand. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be challenged. Yep. And that you, you gotta, you gotta get rid of the noise. Mm -hmm. You gotta get rid of the noise. And I I mean, I could give examples, but you're going to know when it's happening because people are going to be like, why are you doing that? Yeah. you bougie yeah. you this you that yeah. no i'm this is this is the good life and this is you know i can afford this in within my means and i know that the things that i'm doing is an investment my children going to private school is an investment i'm not trying to be bougie i'm trying to make sure that they get a good education right why wouldn't i want to do that right i don't have time we just talked about the five million things that i do right i don't have, I don't have time to cook yep so we have a chef that's okay. Mm-hmm. Those are wealth things, right? You're making the investments in the area, but you be people gonna talk about you. Oh, she got money, he got money, he doing this, he doing that. You're gonna know that you're charting different territory and you mm-hmm. have to get rid of all of the noise to keep going. Cause if you don't, you're going to sit and be stagnant with those people because you're internalizing what they're saying. So get rid of the noise. Come on, come on. Listen, I tell people all the time, be prepared to lose people on this journey. Everybody can't go and that's okay. And guess what? You know, the higher you elevate, the more it hurts. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. That's a whole word. (laughs) That's that's a whole word. And and it is true because not only can't everybody not go, everybody is not where they need to be to go, even if they could, right? That because part. they haven't made that that journey. They haven't, made, like, I've had people say, why are you always talking about, oh, you doing, you a CEO? Because I am, I have a whole LLC, full business. Bank that part. <laughs> like, because I respect what... on my title. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like, because I am, right? And they'll feel some type of way. And I'm like, because I am like I I'm building something that even I can't fully comprehend because God hasn't fully given me the pieces but people will feel some type of way on this journey right they will feel like you're not the same person you were a year ago too and and here's the thing you probably shouldn't be the same like if you are the same person when I met you I don't even know we should continue this journey anymore because like there should be some level of growth that has happened in your life that has made you come to a different level a level of self-awareness something so I'm leery of people that are like cool with being who they are and staying where they are I'm like y'all stay right there I'm gonna go over here and work on making this million dollars because y'all over here doing this the the most so I love evolution and evolution evolution and elevation Trust yes. me. And here's the thing. I just said this to, to <laughs> I just said this to the king. And I meant it. When you start to elevate, you're gonna know that you're elevating because when you enter into spaces mm. that you used to be in and you have a level, you're uncomfortable, just a level, right? Of being uncomfortable because the people in there. Yeah. Don't have what you have to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, sis. So you're going to know. And that's what that's what makes you uncomfortable. See, because there's this, especially in the black community, I'm going back. When we get a level of accomplishment, we oh, I, I'm still, I still could go to my hood. We we see how this playing out 
with a lot of a lot of these rappers and yeah. certain things, right? Because there's this like I still could go to my hood, I still could be in so let me be real clear. I don't want to be in a space where I'm around people that don't have as much as I have to lose. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> you say what you want to say about me, but why? What mm-hmm. do I have to gain? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. So look, sis, we got to get into these rapid fire questions, honey, because we could talk about this topic all day. And I, I challenge all y'all to definitely hit up my sis and the king over there. Shout out to the brother Reginald. Hit them up because they are doing amazing work. But look, I got three questions for you. I always say the first thing that comes to your mind is probably the right answer. So, yeah. all right. Question number one. If your life was a movie, who would you want to play you? Oh my god um i watch movies my black card just got revoked um <laughs> and did you lost a few points a few points sis. okay uh nia long okay i can see it she real sassy i'm i'm here for nia long she she's real sassy i love it okay number two what's one book that you read that changed your life oh this is so funny um, cause my younger self would say an answer that my older self would be like, yeah. <laughs> um, Rachel Rogers, mm-hmm. we should all be millionaires. Listen. Yeah. I have a few, but that book just mm-hmm. made me have a whole different mindset about Listen. wealth and a yes. whole bunch of gut punches yes a whole yeah. bunch of like why are you talking yeah. about me like ain't nobody asked you just like, came and snatched all my edges out sis like, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i, I yeah. have to agree when you told me about that book and i went and read that book i was like i'm gonna <laughs> sure you don't even know me son like don't even why yeah. but what i love about that book is because it's that relatable because you see yourself because you're like ah okay i'm gonna get that together (laughs) i i love it okay last question you are stranded on an island what is one thing you have to take with you (laughs) i'm stranded on an island what it's one thing that i and it can't be like a cell phone obviously right (laughs) What's, what's your one thing um i'm stranded on an island and it has to be music. It has mm. to be, I, I need music. Music soothes me. So it has to be music. Now, however we get it, <laughs> but it has, it has to be music. Yes. I love it. I love it. So sis, before I let you go, please tell the people how they can connect with you. You can connect with me, um, website, Kingdom. Uh, you can go and you can subscribe there it's for our community. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Catherine Latoya Grant Austin um, and on Instagram and also Facebook at Austin Kingdom. I love it. Sis, thank you once again for coming through the Hate Queen Thrive. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, sis. Listen, shout out to my sis, Catherine. Thank you for coming through the Hey Queen Thighs Queen. Listen, y'all make sure you are following her, okay? Check out her Facebook group that she runs with her husband. Shout out to my brother, Reginald. Check out the Facebook group. Check out the Facebook page, the Instagram page. Email her. Listen, hit her up, man. Like when I tell you she's just out here helping, helping businesses, small businesses level up their finances and so i had to bring her back just for that reason and so thank you once again queen i appreciate you sis you know how much i love you thank you thank you thank you for all that you're doing to help us small business owners stay ahead of the game when it comes to our finances and so y'all already know what time it is it's thriving nuggets time hey Y'all know I'm silly. So listen, I got seven tips that's going to help you organize your small business finances. And when I tell y'all, 
when I tell y'all, a lot of these tips like I'm using now that I really wish I understood six years ago. But then again, six years ago, six years ago, I didn't really have a an official LLC. You know, I have one now, <laughs> but I, I didn't officially have an LLC. So yeah, so I, I am I'm excited um, to share these tips with y'all. So the first one is you want to separate your personal. You want to have separate personal and business bank accounts, right? So your personal finances should be going in your personal bank account and your business finances need to be going in a business bank account. One of the things that I have learned is that you should actually have multiple business checking accounts. So you should have one where the money is coming into. You should have one specifically for your finances. So where the money is coming out of, you should have one for your taxes and you should have one for payroll, right? So at some point, even if you're just starting out and all you're doing is paying yourself, you should have four different business checking accounts where you are um, being able to um, allocate those those funds, right? So that's the first thing. Separate your personal accounts from your business banking account. Now, if you're just starting out and all you are got is a personal checking account, that's okay. Like what I will say is that you want to at some point begin to make that transition, right? Begin to make everything. So like for me, like all my invoices and all of that now go through my business account. So I started off as an entrepreneur. I just had my regular PayPal personal account. Then I upgraded it to a business account, changed everything into my business name. And so everything now flows that way. So you want to make sure that at some point you're dis- you're differentiating the two, which leads me to number two is set aside money for your taxes. So when it comes to taxes, I've heard that you should be on a monthly basis from the money that you're making in your business that you should be setting aside anywhere between 20 to 30% of your revenue that you got coming in from your business, right? Putting it, transferring it into that tax bank account and letting it sit there, right? Because you already know Uncle Sam is coming for you. (laughs) Uncle Sam is coming for you. And so you want to get in the habit of doing that now, and especially if you don't have um, the opportunity to, um, get a, like a tax professional or even get like a, um, financial advisor, things like that. So you want to go ahead and start getting in the habit of of setting aside 20 to 30% of that revenue that's coming into your business, into that tax account and leaving it there so that when it comes down to tax time, you're not stressing about how the hell you're going to pay your, your taxes because you already have, the money sitting there and allocated to pay it. Number three, get a business credit card or a small business line of credit, right? Um, business credit is something that I'm still learning. Um, so I don't, I can't really give too much insight to that, but I will say that you definitely want to have some type of line of credit or, or business credit card um, for your business at some point. These, what I will sit here and tell y'all is don't get overwhelmed by the knowledge that you get around business finances because it can overwhelm you, right? Like if business credit is something you know you're not ready for, don't even try to to like dive into that. You know, yes, people will sit here and say, oh, you should have a business credit card and all that stuff. But if you're, if you're not ready for it, <laughs> start with some of the basic things that you need to do first and then work your way up to that. But at some point, you should have a business credit card or a small business line of credit with your bank that you're, that you're doing business with. Number four, which is absolutely very important. I wish I understood this six years ago. And that is to track your numbers, <laughs> like track your numbers, right? One of the things that my business coach helped us do from day one, she provided us with a spreadsheet. And so literally the spreadsheet has us tracking our revenue from the whole year, from January to December. So being able to put in, okay, how much is my, how much am I projecting? How much did I actually make? How much is my expenses? And then what was my profit, Right. And you want to get in the habit of tracking those numbers because that is going to help you to determine your bottom line. That is also going to help you to determine, okay, am I I pricing too low in my business? Do I need to begin to increase my prices? Like all of those things. So you want to be tracking your numbers so that you are aware of what it is that you 
are um, making in your business, okay? Number five, use some type of accounting system. So you all, you know, you can do QuickBooks, you can do Wave. Those are two really good ones. Um, but definitely have some type of accounting system. Connect those business bank accounts to it. Let them pull um, your your information, your reports. So that way, again, you're staying IRS ready because you already know that when you file your taxes, <laughs> the IRS is coming for you. They're gonna want. And they're going to want a piece of their pie. So you want to make sure that you have those things in place, especially now, because when we were coming into 2023, you know, IRS was talking about um, the whole, you when you use like PayPal, Cash App, Square, Stripe, all of those things, and you were making like over $600 or something like that, how it was now going to become reportable income. And then they paused on it for the 2023 tax year, because of course they still had to figure out how they were going to be able to tell if it was for business versus personal, right? Because people use PayPal and Cash App for a variety of different reasons. And so even though you may not have to report that, I think it was, it's like the 1099K, I think is what it is. Even though you may not have to report that this year, or whatever, still go ahead and put that accounting system in place. Get be be proactive versus reactive when it comes to your business finances, right? So put those things in place so that you are um, you are doing with the necessary work to stay ahead, right? Which leads me to number six: set up some type of filing system, right? Like you need to have some type of um, filing system. Um, you need to have some type of filing system for your um, business, right? So you need to have uh, some type of structure where you have an order on the, um, like where your files are, your records are. You want to keep those things in place. So that way, again, if you ever have to fax something over to the IRS or to your accountant or your financial advisor or your bank, like you have it in place. And then the last one, before we wrap up this episode is that you want to schedule some time to stay organized. So one of the things that I have incorporated in my business is admin day. Admin day really is my day to go through all my paperwork, my files, uh, my invoices, all of the things and really start to like be organized. So you want to make sure that you are being organized in your business. So set a time, put it, a day on the calendar, whether that's once a month or that's twice a month, however you want to do it based on your capacity, where you are setting out that time to get organized and stay organized. All right. So that's all I got for you guys on this episode. Thank you again to my sis, Catherine. I love you, sis. Thank you again for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive season three. Again, make sure y'all follow her. Tune in and tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack guest. I love each and every one of you. Stay safe out there and I'll talk with you guys soon. Peace.